Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hi, everyone. This is Jenny G. Perry, and this is Goddess and Gab. I want to introduce my guest, and I'm going to try my hardest to pronounce her beautiful name perfectly. And it's Navjeet, hopefully I said that right, Kandola, and I probably did not say it right, <laughs> but I want to introduce her. Welcome, sweetie. I want you to tell them about you. Give them a little taste of you. And say your name beautifully the way you say it, but I can't say it. <laughs> well, thank you, Jenny. My name is Navjeet Kandola, and I am a writer. I have a blog site called Tender Logic. I work with clients helping them to dive deep into their psyche, into their subconscious, to really discover where there are roadblocks in their psyche and their kind of their, their, their machine code in a way that are getting in the way of creating much more fulfilling, prosperous, connected lives. I also am a filmmaker. I'm in the process of working on a trilogy right now. I'm a mother, I am a wife, I am very passionate about light, and that's one of the things that I want to bring into the movies or the scripts that I'm writing about, about consciousness, and my favorite genre um, that I'm writing for is science fiction, because I feel that there's so many interesting ideas and possibilities and worlds that we can introduce the audience to that then allows them to kind of figure out, connect, question in the way that they want to. They're not forced to agree with a certain philosophy or not, but instead they can be explored, they can explore and see how they feel about something. So that's a little bit about me. I live in New Mexico. I was born in India and I grew up in England back and forth. And I've been here in New Mexico now for 24 years. Wow. Yeah, it looks so beautiful there. You know what? We, we, before this call, and we've also talked before, we could talk for hours because we just like came off to each other and then we're like, and then this, and then that, and then this, which I love. And we've, we've started this conscious friendship. And that's where we kind of love the, love the idea of having, um, you know, sisterhood. And that was going to be the, um, the subject of this podcast, but then we literally, we probably could have 20 podcasts because we talk about so many different things. And one of the things that I'm actually really interested in is the, is the filmmaking, because I know my family is big Star Wars fans. And that's, you know, the idea that, you know, those of us understand what that force is. And that is so spiritual to me. Like I could, you know, not even pay attention to any of the other stuff and just really focus on that we all have that within us. We all have that light and dark within us. And, and circumstances will push you over to one side or another and well, to the dark. And then to be in the light, that's a really conscious decision that you make within. So I love that you touched upon that. So what can you tell us about that? Because I, I know you don't want to give us too many teasers <laughs> about what you're working on, but like, you better tell me first. <laughs> Not first, but then put me on the short list because I'm super excited that the whole idea is, is so cool because as a writer, I don't know what it's like, like to write a screenplay because 
when you're writing a novel, you're seeing it in your mind. Yeah. But then as a, as a screenwriter, you have to think about so many more things than when you're just writing the book. So yeah. tell me about this. I'm excited to hear. Point. I'm just a, a real beginner in a way because I have had these ideas for this, this um, trilogy which expands, it's an expanse of 10,000 years. The story is of, of a 10,000 year story of uh, lineage. It, it involves uh, space, involves other civilizations. When I say other civilizations, I mean from civilizations from different dimensions and star systems. And so, so for me, the first step of writing anything is to really connect to, with the source, with the sense of like, what is it that I want to share really, really, really before kind of getting into the, the logical or the logistics or the rules of writing, what's the story and who are the characters and what do they want to say and why are they saying that? And kind of developing their backstories and understanding their motivations and how they have arrived at this point where they are going to kind of tell me a story. And so that's, a, that's the place that I'm at. I would say that I've worked on, on and off, several different characters' backstories. And that's always just so fascinating. And I'm sure you find this interesting too, is, is understanding like the motivations of a character and why they are being in a certain way and what is it that they want to say and then also noticing that sometimes you know we might i might want to say things very poetically or very intellectually but the character doesn't necessarily speak like that so kind of figuring out ways for the character to communicate some of its challenges or some of its wisdom but in a real authentic way that's true for them. It's, it's, it's uh, some of the challenges that I find when I'm writing, uh, how to be real and be able to express the character's perspective in an honest way. I love that. It, it was, my last novel that I wrote, I, it was called The Jennifers, and it was six different Jennifers. And I was going to, this is when I started this years ago, um, I was like, oh, I'll write from six different, you know, points of view. And that was what I was going to do. So like cultivate them and, and, you know, kind of have this idea of where I think they're going to go, you know, just, mm -hmm. just an idea because the characters decide for you. Right. And so then this one who I didn't think was going to be that important, she jumped to the front right. and then it became her story. And yeah. I, and I loved writing about her asshole husband because it was just so fun <laughs> because it was like things I would never say that you almost, as you're writing, you're like, I can't believe he just said that. <laughs> it's, just, it's so fun because writing from a perspective where it's not you is really like, it's a challenge, but it's fun. But it goes to show yeah. you, like when we call it the muse, that like, it's really not that hard. Like it starts to happen for us. It's not like yeah. it's a mental thing that we have to do. Right. I think it's when, when we kind of move out of the way. I remember one time Shirley MacLaine saying that whenever she's doing a new film, and she's getting reading about the character, getting to understand the character. Each film, she makes a, a mental decision about how much of herself is she going to move out of the way so that this new character can take up space and you know basically become itself, become real, and she moves off to the side. And that means like she's giving all her body, her intelligence, her wisdom, everything 
to this character to become inhabited in her body, in her mind. And then when the film's done, you know, she comes back in, but there's a cost of having this character. You've heard of people doing like method acting and staying yeah. in character mm -hmm. between takes and so on. And I think there's like, there's a tremendous, I think there's a tremendous toll that takes um, on the body of the person and in their relationships too. I remember reading about Daniel Day-Lewis when he was doing My Left Foot and his character, I think is a, I think he was a paraplegic and it may be because he has cerebral palsy. I, I think no, that he wasn't a paraplegic, he had cerebral palsy. And so he can't really move around. And so he stayed in that body in the way the character was between takes for the whole shoot. And afterwards, I think that he had some real uh, problems, pains and aches because of that embodiment. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's so well, and, Yeah. And I, even Heath Ledger, like I, I yeah. think they, oh, yeah. they said Heath Ledger, um, you okay. know, because it, it seems like you hear more of male actors that are really keeping in that, um, keeping in that character, especially if it's like a challenging mm -hmm. actor. And I can understand like, if it was like, say if I was playing somebody who had a certain accent to try to keep that during like the day, mm -hmm. just so that way I kept it. Yeah. Um, but that would be like, it would be weird because it's almost like, you know, what aspects I, I think, um, the guy who played, um, the, the lead on Breaking Bad, I think yeah. it was him who talked about how like on the way home, like how sometimes it was hard to shake that on the yeah. drive home. Yeah, yeah. And it's, well, yeah, and it's, 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 because it's, think about it. it, it kind of reminds me of us as coaches, like when we're trying to get somebody to kind of step into a version of themselves that they desire. Right. And it's like, you kind of, that whole fake it till you make it. So it's like, if you're practicing that, you kind of, how does it not come into you a little bit? Right, because think about that. When you become a character, in order to be convincing, you have to have show real emotions, real vulnerability, real fear, real excitement, real passion. And for the body, whenever you're showing real emotion, it's activating the hormones. If you're showing real fear, you're activating real stress hormones. And so that's, of course, going to impact the body. When we, even if we're just speaking with a different accent, our bodies have associations of what that language, that accent um, does in the body language. So then we begin to move differently. We begin to hold our heads differently. I speak English and I speak Punjabi and I understand French and Spanish. And I know that when I'm speaking different, one of these languages, my body language and my personality is different. English is very different than my Punjabi, Indian, um, personality persona voice is so fascinating and so I think it's 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 like you're saying about being a coach holding that that space I think it's really interesting when we're being coaches because our guides is that part of what I experience in my life what I'm working with a client is that there's a there's a level of invisibility that I embody because I want that person to emerge and it's not about me so even though it's my voice and my personhood who's sitting here, but, the, but there's a level of embracing the space enough, the trust enough to allow the person to step forward in whichever way or form that they feel the most comfortable. And in that way, we're retraining the nervous system of that person 
to begin to feel safe. I mean, I think it's so fascinating doing this kind of work, how silence or becoming spacious with a client will actually help them to move forward into self-trust and self-actualization because there is that space, there is that trust, and because you're being spacious and trusting, it communicates something to their nervous system. And this works with children as well, is that that sense of safety, because we can be quiet, we'd have to say something always, or be uh, creating structures always, that there's a sense of safety that allows a person to find themselves and to know that if, if they come up with some challenges that the coach is gonna be right there and not judging, but being completely supportive. And sometimes we push our clients, of course, but there's that sense of safety. And I think safety is such an interesting energy and it ties back into that conversation we started about the force, how we all know about it. It's like, how do we wanna use that knowing how, and that's what the force is if you remember what Yoda says is, you know, and um, Obi-Wan says is feel it inside of you. We all have it. It's inside of you. Feel it. Look for it, Luke. It's right there. And so if we all took that same advice and looked for it and felt it, we would feel maybe a little bit more self-trust. Maybe we would feel a little bit more that we can stand taller and stand for our lives and maybe discover some of our dreams. What do you think? somebody just brought me a block and something stuck in it. You remember with your son when they're that age where like they bring you like a giant thing, like a giant figure, and they want you to put it in like a small thing. And you're like, you're like, I don't know how to explain this to you, but it yeah. doesn't fit in here. Yeah. But no, I think that, I think that what you're ma reminding me of is that like, so those, because we had talked on the call about a bunch of things before um, the podcast and this whole, like, there's so many entrepreneurs that I know that are striving for more. And, and so whether they're an entrepreneur striving for more in their business or to, like, unlock abundance or their clients that are coming to us, it's almost like, like you're saying, that you have it within, but it's mm -hmm. always, like, we're looking like that someone, even when someone comes to us, we don't want to be their guru. Like, mm -hmm. we want to help them light up their own light, like, to get mm -hmm. their own aha. That's a beautiful mm -hmm. space to be in. Mm -hmm. And while we might give them insight, we really want to help them like have their own inner pilot turned on. We don't want to have to light it on for them all the time. That's like codependency. So right. we want to show them that like you have it within you, but they kind of like, I, I wish I'd talk about the way you spoke about manifesting when we were mm -hmm. having our private conversation, because I thought it was so beautiful. I know there's a lot of people out there that are in this, you know, place of one and manifesting more. And it's kind of like goes along with the whole acting, you know, like act as if type mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I thank you so much because I kind of break down and unpack. What do we mean when we say manifesting? What do we say? What does it mean when we say I'm passionate and I want to accomplish these things? And we want to apply the tools of manifestation. Everybody says, you know, how can I do this? I'm willing, I'm able, I will do whatever you say. And one of the first, first steps I would say when I'm breaking down manifesting, like what do I want, is why. Why do I want that thing? And what does it mean for me? What is that feeling or that place that I'm trying to get to emotionally? Because most of our drives, apart from the instinctive, you know, to survive, to eat, to procreate, the next level of drive has to do with our emotions. 
about feeling safe, feeling loved, feeling wanted. And so usually most of the things that we want to manifest can actually be very simply broken down to certain experiences that we want to feel in our emotional circuitry, right? So if you didn't feel, like say, if you want to manifest, um, you know, huge following, let's say on Instagram or Facebook, why? And this is, I'm not being rough on people or being extra hard on people. It's about being honest about, if you want to use manifestation, we have to kind of clear the ground so that we can plant the seeds for that plant to flourish so that it can create and produce the fruit that we want so that we can know what kind of nutrients it's going to need. So the why is part of clearing that ground to plant that seed. So why do you want to have hundreds of thousands of followers? Well, because I want to be able to take my work out there. I want to be able to be of service. Why? Because there are a lot of people who are lost and I feel like I've got these abilities and talents. I feel like I want to share. People are suffering. I want to ease the suffering. Why? Because the reason the whys I keep asking is I want to get to a place of what does, what does it feel like when you do all of those things? What does it feel like when you've helped someone? What does it feel like when you think you have hundreds of thousands of followers? Well, when I have hundreds of thousands of followers, it, I feel validated. There's nothing wrong with the answers. I feel validated. When I want to help people because I want to ease suffering. Perfect. What does that feel like? Well, it makes me feel good about myself. So one of the drives for that, you know, in our um, example here for this person is they want to feel good about themselves. So as a way to manifest that, I would say do things today that make you feel good about yourself. For example, um, I feel good about myself when I eat a healthy meal. That makes me feel good about myself. I feel good when I let myself have a a nice relaxing bath or I go for a walk or when I go actually make it to the gym and I do a really great routine. I love that I feel good about myself. By beginning to do these small steps in relationship to the feeling that you want to have, it begins to then magnetize more of those things into your life. And then you might be actually surprised that the 100,000 followers you wanted was just kind of something to kind of get you to that feeling good about yourself or helping others was a way to get to feel good about yourself. And as you create that, as that gap becomes smaller, 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 and it's healed or it's complete, you may be surprised that actually what you thought was your passion was just a way to complete this part of your story. And actually what you're really interested in now is that you want to be a, uh, an accountant. <laughs> or you might decide that you're going to be a filmmaker. And one of the things I would say when it comes to manifesting is inquire and into the why. What is, a, is there a wound or a place that is incomplete that you are seeking to complete on a deep, deep level? And as you begin to become aware of that and curious about that, don't be surprised if the direction and the choices you make about your life, your career, your passions may change a little bit or change drastically. And be open to that because on a soul, soul level, we are always moving towards wholeness. And that is always going to trump what our mind wants, what our emotions want, 
the soul is going to trump all of those things. Does that make sense? Oh, it, it totally does. And, yeah. and we were joking about this before the call about how, you know, people might want to be Beyonce. <laughs> and yeah, I yeah. love Beyonce. But I, that definitely too much work. Like, I really, I, the, the reason why I'm even doing this podcast is because as an entrepreneur, I was sitting at my computer every day and it can be very lonely in yeah. space. And, and when I'm writing, I'm in this space of I want to be by myself. Right. But to be in a world of social media, to be constantly like in Facebook, you know, business, women's yeah. groups and different things like that, it can be very disconnected. And yeah. I was like, I just want to talk to other women about really cool yeah. shit. Like, that's what I want to do. And I want to connect with them and I want to lift them up. Like, yeah. I want my audience to find you. Yeah. And I want, you know, my audience to find other people. Like, I love that idea. I love the connection factor. Yeah. So one of the things that I actually like about say growing my following or whatever you want to call it is one of the things that I love is that connection with people where they're like, you know, where somebody will say to me and, and, and this may sound to some people like it's ego, but it's not. But, um, this one woman who's starting this business, she was like, kind of like, you know, the 20 minute call that I had with you is what gave me the, like the wings to fly. Like I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. And she, but she used the, the, that same language. And that leaves me in awe where I'm just like, wow, like it's so powerful. And so that connection, it's just like, yeah, like, and, and with, you know, it's the same with coaching. It's like that connection that being able to like give somebody a a piece of their puzzle. And it's not that I think that you and I are anyone's answer, but it's like, look, something that you say, you know, is going to impact me. Something that I say is going to impact someone. Like, you know, we all have these brilliant, wise things to say. Um, So I love that. I, and I, the thing that I would say, mm-hmm. I just want to say about manifesting, um, but yeah, finish, finish what you wanted to say. Oh, no, I was going to say, I appreciate what you just, what you just shared about how you love the connecting and wanting to create that for yourself in, in podcasting. And I agree that being an entrepreneur, especially an online entrepreneur or a, and a coach working from home can be a little isolating and especially if you're writing as well there's more isolation and and I remember last year at one point I just I just got very very um, irritated and sad got very sad about how alone I was feeling and I decided that I didn't want my life even though I had accomplished this right I had set out to become an online entrepreneur I had set out to become uh, an online uh, guide coach. Uh, And so I had accomplished that. And yet there was this other side, which I hadn't anticipated, which is there's a lot of time that I get to spend by myself. And and I became so irritated and sad and annoyed with it at one point that I rejected my desk. (laughs) I was like, I I don't want a desk. And I went through this whole thing about walking away getting rid of the desk and I contemplated the whole thing and then I but then it took me on another journey another mm, inquiry which was like what would you like to do to not throw the baby Mm. with the bathwater what is missing Natalie like what are you feeling and I thought well I'm missing out on hanging out with friends I'm missing out on you know being out in nature going out for walks I did this to create this time and yet I'm at my desk and so, so then it was this other movement towards like, okay, so let's go for walks. Let's 
because um, I have free time, but I also have a lot of friends who work nine to five, so they don't have the same times available to go for a walk in the middle of the day like I do. Or they might have to, you know, I have to set a time outside of their work schedules to meet them. So there's all these other challenges that came up with achieving the goal that I had set out for myself. And now, like you, part of my goals are to, um, I want to give myself a real deep dive with this writing for the film stuff that I want to do. And I've kind of done it on the side before. I've done little films. I've played around. And, and so the deep dive, it's like I'm doing this big inner inquiry of what is it really going to take. And I'm, I'm setting up the groundwork, like we were talking in our conversation before about the decisions, the small decisions and the big decisions that take you to that door that then opens up as an opportunity. So like the decisions that I'm making right now are all geared around what I'm going to need, what's it going to take to kind of transition into co-create along with doing my business, um, Tendalogic business. So that meant kind of creating a different kind of a financial freedom, which I've been working on in the last five years, so that I can do that without, without my film work having to feel the stress of making money immediately. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want it to feel like, okay, you've got to sell, you've got to sell this movie to a distributor, got to get a producer. I want this experience of this next part of my life to come from a place of, um, freedom of not having stress placed upon it it's like i think of it as a child and i'm expecting it to start working as soon as it's born i don't want that i don't want i don't believe in child labor so i want my creation to have some time to grow to mature mm. so that i can understand it and then it can be delivered in the way that it wants but i have enough financial freedom because of the work that i do so there isn't that stress on it but that's just one way of working it. You know, I've talked, I've read about many producers and directors who have nothing and they worked after doing their job as a waiter and took their plate, carried their screenplay in a carrier bag, i.e., you know, Sylvester Stallone. Um, so there's different ways of doing it. But my choice, being older, is that I want to try doing a creative project without stress and strain and just want to see, if, like, can I pull off creating something with uh, a different starting point let's put it that way i know there's going to be moments where i'm going to be frustrated i'm, I'm very clear about there's going to be days when i hate it when i don't want to do it all of that's just part of the the process but that i want to start somewhere where i feel like okay i can i can have a i can have a i'm setting the table of how i want to how, how i want to do this next bit Mm. Yeah, it's funny that you said that about Sylvester Stallone. I did not know that, but my nine-year-old is obsessed with Rocky, so I, I will have to. I will have to look into the story. No, and 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 I don't think like. See, for some people, the struggle is part of like their badge of honor, and that's in you know those of us that are in personal development know that there are some people where we hear words like hustle, like you got to hustle every day. I'm not hustling every day. Like yeah. I put energy into my work every day, but yeah. that feeling of um, of go, go, go. Like that's not a positive energy for me specifically. Um, cause I like that ebb and flow and, and yeah. especially those of us with writing, like there's not a hustle involved with writing. That's like mm -hmm. trying to like give birth to a baby before you're even due. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that because you don't have the pressure to try to make money, you, if you're trying to make money, 
never be a writer, never be any sort of art, artist of any kind. <laughs> like, because whether it's a musician, an artist, a photographer, an actor, a, a screenwriter, a writer, a poet, like you can never go in with the thinking that you're going to make money. Be in a different industry if that's what you want. If it's not the passion, then you're missing the whole point. So I think that it's almost like, you know, they sometimes say, you know, like, do what you would do even if, like, you, um, like, even if you, what is the saying? I'm, I'm like the worst with remembering things, but it's like, do the thing that you wouldn't care if you got paid for it or not, like right, that type of right, thing. Right. And it's like that thing that makes you come alive. And, yeah. um, and that's the thing. But what I wanted to say about manifesting, to backtrack, is just that the idea of, like, abundance, I know a lot of people work on abundance, and to, to get really clear on what that looks like for you, because mm -hmm. money itself is very neutral. And it's like, for some people, it gives them a feeling of safety or security. For me, it feels like freedom, mm -hmm. that kind of feeling of, you know, freedom to be able to travel and do different things like that. And so take a look at what you actually like. So if it's abundance as an example, or if it's weight loss as an example, like what does that actually, what's that going to feel like? Mm -hmm. And then whatever that thing that you want to manifest, take a look at um, where in your childhood like your ideas about that specific thing, what that looked like, that's super like whenever we coach with you, whenever we coach someone new, that's what you have to do is you have to really look back because there's so much juice from when we were a kid that we bring forth into adulthood. And we can actually, we can rebel against our, against our own desires and rebel against what we want because on a soul level, there's a conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think what 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 just touched me about what you were saying then about abundance and it made me associate with times when I didn't feel I had money, you know, and it was real money I needed to actually just pay the bill or just enough money to pay the rent and how scary that can feel and how real it can feel. You can't even call it abundance because you're in this very scary you know, the scarcity of resources, there's just enough money to pay the rent, there's nothing extra, or you don't even have a job, or if you're a starting out entrepreneur, you've got one client, and you've got all these other things, these are very real, emotionally taxing places of growth, you know, it's, we have traveled, we've tr struggled through these places ourselves, and so we can look at it from a different shore, and say, oh yeah, you know, struggle, money, all of these things, but when you're in it, it's a very different experience and it's a huge growth growth experience because it's actually you know applying what we're taught is like if you work and then you do this and then you get money that will make you feel safe and what we've learned is that abundance and manifestation actually uses they use a whole different set of tools and a different set of um, starting points for instance in my times when i was struggling let's say financially where I didn't have enough money, I would have to, what I would do is, because when you don't have enough of something, it makes you squeeze, it makes you go into survival mode. It makes you kind of, you know, count every penny. You can't be, you know, can't give any money away to a homeless person because you need that dollar. And so we squeeze and it's that squeezing. And this is a real, real exercise. This is a real thing that can make a difference in somebody's life if they are in a place of struggle is if you experience that squeeze if for if you can just trust for three seconds four seconds ten seconds 
and just breathe and let go of that squeeze, it's gonna create a little bit more breathing space. And when we have a little bit more breathing space, more opportunity, more possibility can arise within us and around us. And so a classic, classic exercise to help us out of that squeeze, whether you're a millionaire or whether you have $2 in your pocket, it's the same energy, the same energy for millionaires and for people who feel poor, is that if you, when you're breathing, just take a breath in, breathe in, and then your exhalation, make it longer and even and slow as you breathe out. I'm doing it with you. <laughs> Great, you. And we quit again, take another breath in, and then breathe out slow, even, constant, I just feel like I created more room inside of me. And we'll do it one more time because we're working for abundance. So another breath in and out. And then just take a moment to notice, look around and see what feels different. See if there's anything that's you know, be curious about what's changed or if it's changing. Listen to your body, look around in your room. And just that, if we could do that every time we start to squeeze about abundance, squeeze about what we're manifesting or what we're not manifesting, this will open up that channel to receive what is really there to support you. And it is, you know what, it is a leap of faith to do this exercise. When the mind is saying, no, think, think, crunch the numbers, go knock on doors. No, before any of that, do this exercise, do this breathing 10 times a day if you have to, to settle down the nervous system. If the nervous system is in fight or flight, all you will create is more survival type scenarios. And, and it doesn't create that feeling of safety. And if we don't feel safe, we can't, be, we can't really manifest abundance not true abundance that was beautiful and that's how we're going to end this is is you're going to tell them is you're going to tell them how they can find out more about you uh your website and i will put it yeah. i will put it there but anything that you want to say to them um for them to be able to get a hold of you but that was just like talk about ending like it's like we ended with dessert it was like such a beautiful energy there <laughs> so tell them how to get in touch with you what do you whatever you want to say yeah, so people can contact me at TenderLogic, T-E-N-D-E-R-L-O-G-I-C.com, TenderLogic.com. And um, what I would really, what I want to say to my fellow entrepreneurs is well done for stepping up, opening your hearts, taking yourselves, um, listening to yourselves, knowing that there's a truth within you that you want to share with the world and to be to continue with the journey to use to be resilient and to be resourceful sometimes we don't feel like there's enough resources but as tony robbins says it's about being resourceful knowing that you can if you don't have sugar you can use stevie if you don't have stevie you can use honey but that we can all make this life wonderful because of our resilience because of our resourcefulness 
because of our willingness to be that. So I hope you'll jump on to Tender Logic. Come visit me if you'd like to work with me. You can contact me through the website. I would love to hear from you all. Thank you. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, I, I was actually, when you were talking, I was trying to think about how long I have been following you for because I remember seeing you do an interview. I think you did an interview. And then I reached out because I was like, oh, my God, I love her. I absolutely love her. And um, and then we finally have become, you know, friends in, in the past couple of months. And, and that's been such a pleasure. I feel really honored to be in this space with women like you that I admire and that I just feel like this, you know, blessed to have these connections. And to me, that that really is what life's about is, you know, those connections that that's the juiciness of life. So thank you so much. Everybody. Go ahead, babe. What'd you say? I said, I so appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, um, so yes, everybody, she's such a beautiful soul and I can't wait to see what, you know, I'm going to be shouting from the rooftops about her movie when that comes out. Um, so everybody stay tuned for our next episode of goddess and gab. Take care and have a wonderful day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.